Well, we just welcome you today. Today, what we want to look at is what exactly does God want us to have? So often we have this skewed idea and actually this watered-down, diluted idea of what the Lord wants us to have. And then we have some doctrine comes in there where you have humility versus false humility, and people are just confused. They don't know what is it that God actually wants us to have. And what we're going to find out today is God is so good, He's so big, he wants to release so much to his people. And the reason for that is, uh, found in 2 Corinthians 9, is that he wants you to have an abundance for every good work. And you also see, I believe it's Deuteronomy 8.18, where he says, to establish his covenant. God has a covenant with mankind through Christ to get things to us, one, because he loves us, two, because he wants to flow, overflow things to us and through us into the rest of the world for people that don't know him yet so that they can find him. God has a plan of evangelism, and one of those plans of evangelism is to get things to you. Now, here's, there is a disclaimer, though. First uh, John or Third John chapter 1 and verse 2, he says, Beloved, above all things, I wish that you prosper and be in health. Here it is, as your soul prospers. And so he doesn't want to get things to us if those things are going to ruin us. But he does want to get things to us if they will be used properly. And so one of the greatest things that we can do is get revelation of what he wants to get to us. What is the level that he wants to get things to us? And he wants to get us to the point where we know what to do with them. We're not using them for the corrupted flesh. We're using them to advance the kingdom of God and, and man, God will give you so much stuff. He wants to bless you. He loves you with an everlasting love. That's what we're talking about today. Amen. Ready, go. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> so yesterday, you know, we were talking in, in Haggai, mm-hmm. or, and one of the things that we saw was that God actually, at the end of that, God wanted to give men uh, the authority that was represented by the signet ring. Yeah. which basically means if you have that ring, you, you own the kingdom, right? Yeah. Everything, uh, let me put it in Jesus' words, you know, all that the Father has is mine, mm-hmm. and, and everything I have is yours, yeah. basically is what Jesus said in context. In other words, God wants to get all of these things to us, but the issue is we've got to get in a position that we can receive them yeah. and utilize them properly. Mm-hmm. And so I think as we talk today, you are going to have scriptures that come up over and over again yeah. and uh, be ready for that. And yeah. this is more of a conversation on what does God want us to have. So now the key that we talked about, if you didn't see yesterday's uh, broadcast from Boomerang, uh, the message was was basically talking about in Haggai where it said, uh, why are your houses basically in luxury, but the house of God is not? And he said, because of this, you don't have things. Didn't, didn't he just point it out? Let, let's read that real quick. So Haggai chapter 1 and verse 3, he says, and it's uh, verse 3 through 6. And he says this, the, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies desolate? Talking about God's house. Let me read this in in the New Living. You got it? Read that in the New Living. So uh, Haggai 1, 3. 
Then the Lord sent this message through the prophet Haggai. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? Right. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Okay. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. Look at what's happening to you. You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. So what we see is that God actually was wanting them to have stuff. I mean, look at this. What is he showing as a proof to them? He's showing, he says, why is it that, that my house is desolate? Why is it, but you're living in luxurious houses. In other words, you've prioritized wrong, yeah. right? He's showing them your heart has the wrong priorities. Yeah. But then he says, take note of the fruit, right? If you'll take note of the fruit, you can see something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And the fruit was this. He says, Con- consider your ways, verse 5. You've sown much, but harvest little. Now, look right there. What is God telling us? He's saying, I want you to harvest much. You can tell, look, you're still harvesting, but it's not in abundance. It's little. So what's God telling them that he actually wants them to be at? He's saying, I want you to be at much. I want you to be at much. You should be at much. And you should recognize something's wrong because you're not at much. Yeah. You, yeah. you see that? So God's showing them, I, I don't want you at this low place. Yeah. I want you at a high place. And what? see, if we don't have revelation of this, we won't put faith towards it. Yeah. And if we don't put faith towards it, we'll never walk in it. Yeah. There's a victory that overcomes the lack of the world. We've mm-hmm. said it so many times. Our 1 John 5, yeah. 4, our faith. Our faith yeah. Yeah. So in order to have faith, we have to know what the will of God is so we can put faith towards it, yeah. right? So what we're examining today is what is it that mm. God wants us to, to get? What is it that he really wants us to have? He says, you eat, but, but not enough to be satisfied. In mm. other words, you're constantly hungering, yeah. right? In your life, you're constantly hungry. You should be, what does God want? Satisfied, yeah. right? Remember Psalms 91, with a long life, yeah. you will be satisfied, satisfied. right? Yeah. With long life. He says, you drink. But there's not enough uh, to become drunk. What does it say in the New Living? But you, you drink but are still thirsty. You're still thirsty. So you're getting to the place where it's like, hey, you're, you don't, you're not satisfied in your food. You're not satisfied in your drink. You're not, and then at this point, you're talking about where they didn't have running water in every house. You had to find water, be around water. And so this was a major concern. God's saying, I want to put you in a place and literally, Jesus comes on and says, I want to put you at a place where there is literally living water yeah. everywhere, in every place, at all times. Yeah. And we're not supposed to be in this lack. All right. And then he, then he goes on, uh, you have clothing, but it's not warm enough. Read it from the New Living. You put on clothes, but you cannot keep warm. In, in other words, yeah. you, you don't have the fullness in yeah. any of these areas. Yeah. So what's God saying that he wants us to have? The fullness. the fullness. Yeah. He wants us to have the fullness. Yeah. The abundance in every area. He's listing every area that was critical to life, right? Yeah. And then, then he says this. He says, you put money in your pockets, but it's like your holes, your, your pockets have holes in them. In other words, you're working hard, but you just can't seem to hold on to it. You can't seem to accumulate. You yeah. can't seem to go higher. He said, this is evidence. 
I love this thought. This is evidence that something is wrong. Yeah. If you're not walking in, and put this in the comments, if we aren't walking in the fullness of life, then something is off, right? Yeah. And if we'll let that be an indicator to us and a warning sign and kind of a, 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 a red you know, stop sign to us, then we should stop and take a look at it. And that's exactly what he's telling them here is yeah. don't live in this place of constant lack. If we're in constant lack, yeah. it is not the will of God. Now, but what is he also telling us? God is saying to, here's what I want you to have. Yeah. And what is it he wants us to have? Yeah. What, abundance. Abundance, yeah. fullness, yeah. the overflow, yeah. satisfied yeah. in every area. That's yeah. what, what is it? I ask you, put it in the comments. What is it God wants you to have? What is it that he wants you to have? And we can see from this that God really wants to turn on an abundance like never before, like we've never walked in before. It's time for us to walk in his fullness, right? Yeah. It's time for us to yeah. walk in his abundance but we got to know that it's available, right? Yeah. Now, if you follow on through, they make the change. And in chapter 2, at the end, uh, in uh, chapter 2 and verse, where is it, 23. Uh, go ahead and, and read that if you would. In the New Living? Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but when this happens, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, I will honor you, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, my servant. I will make you... Like a signet ring on my finger, says the Lord, for I have chosen you. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. So the Lord speaks his will to be done, and he says to his people, here, because you've made this heart change and you've reprioritized, I'm going to make you like the signet ring. Yeah. Whatever, you, whatever you impress that with can be yours, yeah. right? I'm going to give you authority. This is the ultimate place that God wants us to be. But he wants people that he knows will not abuse that authority. He wants people whose mind is renewed, beloved above all things, and wish to prosper and be in health, even as your soul, your mind, will, and emotions prospers, right? Yeah. So he wants people to grow up, to get their mind renewed to the things of God. Of course, if you remember in Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, he says, make yourself a living sacrifice. Don't be conformed to the world but transform your mind, and we know by the washing of the water of the word, the renewing of our mind to the word of God, yeah. to the promises, the character and nature of God. He says, and then you will prove what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. You'll prove yeah. it. What that means is this, is if we will renew our mind to the word of God, if we'll renew our mind to the word of God, what will actually happen is, we will, our life will start to be a proof to other people. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see the blessing. Mm -hmm. If you renew your mind, the blessing will start coming in your life, and people go, I want what you got. The blessing will start coming in your life. They'll say, I want what he has. Yeah. The blessing will start coming into your life, and people say, I want what. It proves to them that God is good, that his, his will is good and perfect and acceptable and willing to be accepted. Mm -hmm. And they'll start to accept Christ just because of that. Yeah. This is a part of God's evangelistic plan. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of it, we get to be blessed too. Yeah. But if all we're focused on is just us being blessed and we don't see the purpose behind it, mm -hmm. we don't understand the fullness of the purpose, yeah. then we, would, we could misuse it. So yeah. we want to renew our mind. But the first part of it is seeing that God wants you to have 
things. He wants to bless you. Not just tangible physical things, but joy. He wants glory to be there, anointing to be there. He wants the fullness of the Spirit to be in you, to be on you. He wants the peace of God to be full. God wants these things. Of Mm -hmm. course, there's some other things that we're going to look at that's really cool, but it's, it's... God wants us to have stuff. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I think one of the biggest um, hiccups that, that a lot of people have when, when they hear something like this is, is the, the misconception or the, the false theology of, yeah. well, if whatever happens is God's will. That yeah. everything that happens, like a quesera, sera, like whatever will be, will be. There's really nothing we can do. If God wants me to have it, it'll happen, right? Right. Which is not the case, you know? Like, that's correct. And, and that's kind of evidenced in, in the book of Jeremiah. Well, basically, you read this throughout the prophets all the time, but Jeremiah, it kind of highlights it. Because in Jeremiah, the people are in exile, right? God's yeah. people are in exile. They're not, they're, they're kind of been removed from the land. It's not, they're not in a great situation. And, you know, we know Jeremiah 29, 11, where it's, yeah. where, you know, God is speaking to the people, say, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Uh, but if you look at the situation, it doesn't look like they're in, like they, they've faced harm, they've faced hopeless looking situations. So what's God saying? Essentially what he's saying is, what you're experiencing right now is not my will for you. That's right. And, and, uh, yeah. and, and one, one passage that, that in Jeremiah that really, um, that is really kind of changed my my perspective and helped me to stop seeing things as well if god wants me to have it i'll have it if he doesn't want me to have it i won't have it you know right uh, that that my part is irrelevant in it is in jeremiah chapter 3 uh verse 19 and i'm going to read this in the new living because you can hear kind of god's heart in this he says uh this is god speaking to the people who are in exile um he says this i thought to myself i would love to treat you as my own children I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest possession in the world. I looked forward to your calling me father, and I wanted you never to turn from me. But you have been unfaithful to me, you people, Israel. You have been like a faithless wife who leaves her husband. I, the Lord, have spoken. Like in this passage, he says, I want nothing more than to give you the best. I wanted nothing more than to give you the land that's flowing with milk and honey. That was my heart for you. And, and he said, however, despite my intentions of wanting to give you the best, you were faithless to me. And because of your actions, that brought you into exile. You know, they, right. they stopped looking at God as, right. as a, um, well, he's my source and he's the reason I got this beauty. You know, like in, uh, in one of the prophets, you know, God gives this illustration. Uh, he talks, uh, basically speaking towards Israel. It's not really an illustration. It's a truth. But like uh, a young, helpless woman that that um that he yeah. saved and adorned her with beauty adorned her with love you know adorned her with all these wonderful things and then and then she started looking at her own beauty saying look i did this all myself completely forgetting you know yeah. what god did and she started going out and just you know displaying her beauty and then she got you know attacked because yeah. she stopped looking she stopped being in the presence of the one who actually adorned her with these things she got yeah. prideful and uh, so the reality is, you know, God wants nothing more than to adorn us with beauty, with, to, than to adorn us with, with good things. Right. But we need to keep our eyes on him. You know, right. like we have a part to play in it. And I know yeah. we're getting into that. But, but this passage right here really help, helped me see that, that just because God wants nothing more than to pour out these things on me, I have a responsibility 
to be faithful to him yeah, so yeah. that I can receive that. Well, if you think about even the story with Peter walking on the water, mm-hmm. um, Jesus never wanted him to sink. Yeah. He, but what happened? He took his eyes off of Jesus. You yeah. know, imagine he was out in the water the whole time and, um, and think about Jesus is there, mm-hmm. but he started from the water yeah. and he started with his eyes off of Jesus. Mm-hmm. He'd just be sinking there and then he could think. He could think in that poverty, yeah. right? Oh, God must just want me to go through and learn something. Yeah. No, what he wants you to do is put your eyes off of the wind and waves and yeah. put your eyes on Jesus. Yeah. Like, stop <clears throat> looking at the wind and the waves. And as soon as that happened, he was able to walk on the water. As soon as that ceased, he sunk. And so yeah. many of us have been living in sunken lives. Mm-hmm. We've been living at a sunken level yeah. because we've not put our eyes on God and what he yeah. actually wants to get to us. Yeah. And we have adopted uh, that we have adopted the thought that if this is if this is what I have, then God must want me to have it, and this is normal. Mm-hmm. But when you look at God's normal, everything changes, and yeah. that's what I wanted to point out in those scriptures this yeah. morning. God's normal is yeah. He's expecting you to see lack. I would say most people in Haggai in that first chapter they would just say, "Well, this is just life. Mm-hmm. It's just life." Yeah. And God's like, no, it's not just life. Yeah. You, you should be seeing this as a problem. Yeah. You should be seeing it. That's what he's pointing out. Yeah. You should be seeing this yeah. as a problem yeah. to come against and attack with your faith yeah. and find out where's the mess up instead of calling it normal. It's yeah. not normal. It's corruption. Yeah. It's a lack of fruitfulness, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fruitfulness should be in abundance in this way. Yeah. yeah, the Bible doesn't say that God delights in the struggle and toil of his people. Yeah. Yeah. He delights in the prosperity Correct. of his people, yes. right? Yeah. Like, and and sometimes we we especially in you know the church today, you see like yeah. people glorify struggle and hardship and yes. and life with God yeah. is hard and it's a struggle and you're barely getting by and we're gonna yeah. one day drag our sorry behinds across that finish line and enter into glory and it'll all be worth it. But yeah. Eternity starts now. You know, like we can Correct. enter into that now. Yes. God delights in the prosperity of his yes. people, not in the, the sorry struggle of his people. Yes. So um, I kind of have a question for you. Okay, pause that okay. one second. Because I've been wanting to say something. I kept forgetting to say it. <laughs> this is, this, I want you to see this. Our walk of God's normal begins with us recognizing the heights that God actually wants us to operate at. Yeah. If we don't if we don't recognize and get a revelation of the heights of his goodness that he wants to manifest in our lives, then we'll never put faith on this. And so one of the major problems with Christians in the world today is they don't know the heights and the and the magnitude of the blessing of God and where he wants it to wants it to take them. Yeah. And so one what you start to see then is the solution to walking at where God wants us to be and to walk like Christ yeah. is to see and recognize and get revelation of 
where exactly God wants us to take. In other words, this is a major problem that has been in the church because there's been no revelation of the heights of the blessing, of the depths of it, yeah. of the width and the length of it. Yeah. We've not had a revelation of it, and I'm telling you, uh, in order to get to the solution, we must see revelation and get revelation yeah. of how much God wants to bless us. Yeah. Because without doing that, you'll never put faith on what he's paid for, and that means you'll never be glowing in the light, the magnitude of light that yeah. we should be uh, walking in. And so effectively, we're hiding the light that's in us because we don't have a revelation that it can be removed, right? This, is a major, this has been a major problem, and we need to get a revelation. It would do many people good to just go through the word and look at the blessing of God and see what it did for people, Old Testament and New Testament, and like a child say, I can have that. He wants me to have that. He wants me to walk in this. He wants me to walk in this place, you know? And, and even, even to the point where they, they start to uh, rip, challenge religious doctrines and, and sacred cows, and they challenge that, and they should challenge that because that's what God, that's the reality of heaven. You can see it right there in the things that we're already reading. So what I'm telling you is this. Don't just listen to this, okay, yeah, this is another message. No, this needs to change your life. This needs to, from this point forward, completely change how you look at things, and we need to get a revelation of the blessing that God wants to manifest because like you said, and I was actually going to say this as well, is eternity doesn't start in the sweet by and by. It, we're in eternity now. Yeah. The moment you accepted Christ, you had eternity life, eternal life, yeah. right? And that eternal life was not meant to be life not to the full and not to the overflow. It was meant to be eternal life that is always overflowing in every area of life, every area, finances, health, yeah. peace, joy, mercy, grace, glory, yeah. anointing, yeah. all of those things. We're supposed to be not just full, but overflowing. That's the Zoe life of God. So, yeah. All right. So um, coming from a person, me, who has been very legalistic with things, been very works-based with things, like... Um, where my mindset with the blessing of God has been uh, of just God's plan for my life and everything, it's been very, I've focused very much on myself and my part to the extent that like yesterday in the service here, I felt like the Lord was bringing up to me like Jeremiah 29, 11, and, and And then you actually spoke it out literally like moments as it came up to me. Yeah. And I felt like it kept being confirmed but the part that is kind of revelation to me, I know this in my head, but is revelation is that God has personal plans. And I know we know that. We've heard 29, Jeremiah 29, 11 a lot. Right. But the fact that it's not all on my shoulders, the fact yes. that, like, yeah. yes, I am, I'm responsible for having fruit, but I've taken it to the extent of, like, here's a piece of paper. Here's what I need to do. I need to write my life, everything a part of my life on the paper, and I'm responsible to write it. I'm responsible to do every part of it. And I've taken so much responsibility with my life that I, it hasn't been revelation to me that God has plans. 
Yeah. And like I and I and kind of in twenty Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, I've I've heard the part of he wants me to prosper. Yeah. I know that, but the part where his revelation is he has plans. Yes. Yeah. So and like I, I felt like he was highlighting to me like you know when. We're we're not just here by accident. Like Correct. I'm not yeah. just alive by accident. Like he specifically said, and I'm using me as an example, but it's for everybody that I did. I made you specifically. Like I yeah. didn't have to just. You don't just appear. Yeah. Like he went through the process of specifically giving life to yes. everybody who has life on purpose for a specific plan. It's not just like well, I yeah. I guess she was born. Like, yeah. I guess you were born. Yeah, you just came to be. But that he's very specific with who he has made. Yeah. And that he has a specific plan. Yeah. So how would you, my question, though, is um, in knowing we have responsibility, uh, the fruit of our righteousness, where is that relationship with God, that balance of I'm responsible for fruit, but I'm also seeking the Lord's plans and not forgetting that he has plans right not forgetting and not just in a legalistic way but in a wonderful way kind of like how uh you i'm sure for christmas i'm sure you already and pastor nicole and i'm sure both of you already have thoughts coming up to you things of how can i bless my family how can I, what can I do that, you know, Pastor Nicole, I'm sure has ideas. What can we do Christmas morning? Yeah. Because you love your family. It's right. not a, I'm, I'm making plans so that everyone can meet those plans out of obligation and out of a checking the box and make sure, you know, my plan is don't sin. My plan is meet this expectation, but you have plans for your family to just to love them, bless yeah. them. Yeah. And if, let's say, Let's say Abby on Christmas morning had all these plans of hers that she was going to do it her way. And yes, she wanted to, it was out of a good heart, but she was like, you know what? No, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to let you bless me. I'm going to, we're going to do this and this and this and this. You would want her to be like, okay, daddy, like, what do you have planned for me today? Like, I know you want to bless me. And if she didn't think that you wanted to bless her, I mean, that would be insulting. Yeah. If she's like, you know what, I have plans to watch TV and all she day. Would, she would never seek that. She would never ask that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and God doesn't force those plans on us. You know, read, get, pull up that Jeremiah 3 verse again, mm-hmm. and you can see exactly what you just said in that verse. Because he's saying, basically, I had plans for you. Mm-hmm. I've had yeah. plans you know, for you this whole time. Go ahead and read that. Uh, Jeremiah 3.19. I thought to myself, I would love to treat you as my own children. I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest possession in the world. I looked forward to your calling me father, and I wanted you to never turn from me. Uh, But you have been unfaithful to me, you people of Israel. You have been like a faithless wife who leaves her husband. I, the Lord, have spoken. Yeah, so you see here, you know, right there. He has plans. He had things that were laid out, but they weren't seeking him on those Mm -hmm. plans. And that's part of what I'm saying here is we've got to get revelation that God has plans, great plans to prosper us, to give us a future and a hope, no plans for calamity, Mm -hmm. right, in that way. And our job is to know that about him, to know him, to know, Mm -hmm. like, 
for me, that's become easier because when I first started ministering, the Lord led me to study his love. And I literally spent like two to three years just on his love. And that's where that, you know, what Nicole will say, you know, sometimes about, you know, Brian will love the paint off the walls. When she said that, it comes from that period of time because I got revelation of who he was and therefore who I needed to be, right? And and it was, you know, and a lot of times in today's society, uh, we think that love doesn't challenge you. You know, we, we have this idea that love doesn't challenge you. But love corrects, love rebukes, you know. And, um, you know, most people think that love is like, oh, I just let you do whatever you do. But love has plans and love has good things it wants to get to people. But if we don't know him as love and we don't really understand his love, we think he, that he's the big, you know, mean, you know, old old guy in the sky, you know, and yeah. uh, sitting there with his teacher's ruler ready ready to smack you when you mess up. And, and the issue is you just don't really know him. You don't know yeah. him. And I find that to be one of the most disturbing things about uh, ministers is that many ministers will make comments and they just don't know God. Yeah. You know, um, there was a, someone last week that there was a meme about, you know, talking about, I guess Jesus was a bad evangelist because this guy was saying things about God and it's obvious, like, you don't know God. You don't even know his character. And then that same guy made another statement, and Nicole read it to me last night. And it was like, I'm listening to it, and this guy's got a doctorate, and he's a pastor, and he's all this kind of stuff. And it's like, I'm sitting there listening. I'm like, you don't even know God. You don't know his character and nature. I'm not saying that you're not going to heaven, but I am saying that it might be barely. You know, it's like you don't know the heart of the Father yeah. in that way. I don't know... And when we get to know him, we see who he is yeah. in these passages. Yeah. And, and Haggai and yeah. Jeremiah, when we see that uh, James one seventeen, you know, that love, that's such a picture of love yeah. where yeah. every good and perfect gift comes from above. Yeah. Every one of them. That yeah. verse means 100% of every good and perfect gift comes from God, from our Father who loves yeah. us with an everlasting love. And, and the, there's no variation or shifting shadow. In other words, his love is so pure towards us, and it never turns, not one degree to the left or to the right. No shadow even forms because it's 100% pure, 100% pointed directly at us. Like, and when we see God like that, then it's not hard for us to imagine the height of what he wants to get to us. Yeah. It's, it becomes harder to believe that it's small, that it's somewhere in lack. And that's where people thinking that they're in humility, but they're actually in a false humility, which actually is a pride, because what they're saying is, I believe something that's contrary to what God says. He doesn't want me to have anything. He just wants me to be poor and humble. Poor and humble don't go together. Poor and humble, poor is the curse. Humble is godly. You can't be godly and not be blessed. Yeah. yeah, And he tells us, he says, those who keep his word will be blessed. It tells us that directly. So people think that Jesus was poor. How can he be poor? It's yeah. not possible. If he was obedient and humble to the word of God and obedient in obedience is the yeah. blessing, yeah. right? He couldn't have been poor. Yeah. Then poor and humble don't go together. It's a, uh, what's, what's it when there's uh, 
two complete opposites, right? Oxymoron. It's an oxymoron. They don't go together. Yeah. But but yet that's been taught as doctrine for yeah. hundreds of years. Yeah. And and people have this idea that that prosperity is evil. Prosperity is the blessing. The devil has flipped that and turned it into a bad word. It's the blessing of God. Yeah. It's the goodness of God. Yeah. And and it's like, how did we get that so turned around? Yeah. And then what it comes from is reason, corrupted yeah. reasoning. Yeah. Trying to look, many times people trying to look like they're this. But what's funny about it is almost everybody uh, that is known and and actually has a large ministry that teaches against that, they all have lavish houses, multiple ones. Yeah. But they don't let people know that. Mm-hmm. They that, that's the only thing. It's like if that's the case, then you need to be living. You know, in in the shed, you need to be. You don't need to be living there. Pr- practice what you preach. Yeah, you see what I mean. Yeah. And the and the thing is that we've got to get a revelation of the blessing of yeah. God and just how much He wants to bless us and and what level He wants to take us to. Because think about this: if in Second Corinthians nine, where it talks about you have an abundance for every good work and an abundance for every good deed, and 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 how do we approach that? Do we approach that as well, let me dissect that and figure out how that doesn't mean prosperity. Is that the heart? Is that the heart of a child? No, no, that's not no. the heart of a child at all. What's a child looking for? You must become as a child to enter into the king's yes. domain, enter into the kingdom of God, enter yes. into the rule of the king. You have to become like a child. A child doesn't approach. Well, let you have abundance for every good work. If I told Luke, you got to have an abundance of Legos to be godly. My Lord, that kid would be on a mission from God to get every Lego ever produced anywhere, and he wouldn't let anything stop it. He'd be so into get it, he'd be doing all that, because that's how a child thinks. My daddy is good, and he yeah. blesses me. I mean, we ask him, like, and see, we're teaching him this, and, and there is a balance of it, of being a good steward and knowing when not just to uh, be a, a ungodly taker all the way. But you got to understand, faith takes too. So when you see a promise and it's promise and you have a word from God, our responsibility is to take that, right? He, he says, occupy till I come. Believe that you have received. And see, all of this, we've been taught for so long, contrary to actual faith, contrary to the blessing of God. We've adopted that as normal instead of getting back in this word and letting it renew our mind and prove that God is so good. Notice it doesn't prove that he's bad. Notice it doesn't prove that he wants to teach us something. He proves that he's good, Yeah. right? And it's the blessing that proves that he's good. And so then, you know, one of the things, Luke, Luke will go, you know, I'll say, hey, what do y'all want to eat? He's like, sushi, you know, <laughs> sushi. I remember when Nicole and I were dating, uh, we'd go and we'd have a nice date would cost the two of us $25. A super nice date would be 50 bucks or 60 bucks. Super nice. Man, we take everybody, we just feed the family at the normal su- sushi place. It's 100, 120 bucks today. I'm like, and that's just a regular, that's not a nice date. It's not even going out, you know, it's 120 bucks. So Luke doesn't know that. He just knows my daddy's got stuff. My mama's got stuff. He said, and they want to bless me. What do you want, Luke? Steak, sushi, like, no, like we're going to get a taco tonight, you know, and I'll, and I'll, I'll mess with him. And I'll, I'll teach him those things, but many times, okay, fine. But he doesn't know that. 
And that's the way we need to be with God. This is like, okay, I might have some limited resources on the earth right at this moment. I might have some limited resources. Luke, you need to think towards that. But your Father in heaven yeah. doesn't have yeah. limited resources, yeah. and I need to think the right way yeah. towards yeah. that, yeah. right? Well, and it's like if you have, going along with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven or that other verse that we read, it's like if you had a plan to, I really want to give Luke sushi tonight. Yes. And then you say, what do you want, Luke, for dinner? And Luke says, I just want. Well, just give me a cheeseburger from, you know, McDonald's or whatever. Like the way God works, God's not just going to yeah. shove it down his throat and force Correct. it and be like, no, Correct. I'm going to completely go yes. against free will and I'm going to make you, you know, yeah. I'm going to go against what you're asking. No, God would be like this. God would say, are you sure you want that cheap hamburger from McDonald's? Yeah, that's what I want. Okay. That's what God does. Well, and we've had so much bias, though, Correct. that if God were to say, I want to give you something more, we've had so much bias, so like stronghold, such a way of thinking that if God wanted to give us steak, yeah. we would be completely unaware. We yeah. have no idea Correct. because we haven't been open to that. Well, and for example, it's like, let's say that I got an idea to treat the family and I want them all to have sushi that night, right? I'm like, hey, what do y'all want? And what if Luke now, because uh, he's starting to get older and he's starting to hear more of the corrupted thinking of the world, it's like, well, Dad, I don't want to, I don't want to bother you. Let's just, let's just go get the ninety-nine, you know, cent tacos, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't want. I was like, no, I want to bless you. No, it's okay, Dad. I don't have to have that. You know, I'll just take the ninety-nine cent tacos. Well, what's happening to me? I've got the means. I've got the ability, and I want to bless him, right? And now he's withholding me because he doesn't know me. He, he thinks that humility is, is, and being a good steward is not putting faith. See, the question at that moment should be from the son to the dad is, what do you have in mind? What's the word, right? What's the word? What do you want me to have? Yeah. What do you want me to have in this moment? And see, that's where we we're, we don't, have not had fellowship and relationship with God close enough and on enough of a regular basis that we don't ask those questions. We, we, what do you want me to have? You know, I've been going on a, a flight before, and I say, Lord, okay, here's I, I can sit in the main cabin or I can sit in first class. What do you want me to do? And some people say, well, he always wants you to sit in first class. Well, maybe, you know, it's like uh, Kimberly who just joined Impact. She's in, she's in Dallas, right? Um, she just joined Impact. You know what, how I met her? Not in first class. I met her on a trip. We had a plane, a plane uh, that didn't fly that night, had to spend the night. Wait, I get on the plane the next morning. I'm sitting right there beside Kimberly. Well, I, I basically... Uh, she renews her relationship with Jesus Christ. We stayed in touch. And now all these years, she's been feeding off of some of the word. And, and that relationship was made by not being in a certain place. So we have this idea that it's always going to be one way or the other. No, it's always going to be obedience, right? We will eat the good land if we'll hear and obey, right? Yeah. If we're willing and obedient, we'll hear it, be willing and obedient, we'll eat the good land. Yeah. And so what we need to do is say, Lord, where do you want me to sit? Yeah. Where do you want me to sit in this? Uh, for example, uh, I, but I've been going on a trip, and, and I'll say, Lord, you know, right now, okay, we are, the budget's been a little bit tight the last couple of months. Where do you want me to sit? And, and I'm thinking for sure. 
He's going to say, sit in, sit in the main class, you know, sit in normal economy class, whatever. And he goes, get first. I was like, I... And the logic inside of me and math starts rolling and the budget and this and that and everything. No, what where's the blessing? In obedience. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm sitting up there with the right person. Or maybe I am relaxed and not stuffed in there because i got long legs and it hurts if I'm not in, in a bigger seat. And uh, But maybe I'm sitting in there and I'm not relaxed and I just get out <laughs> of the flow of the anointing. And all of a sudden, I don't give one word in the meeting where I'm going to go preach that I should have and it'll set that person free. See, God knows all of those details. Yeah. We don't. And would it be worth it to believe God for a little bit of extra budget so that I can get that one word to that person? It, it does. But then I've had times, like recently, we went when we went up to New Hampshire, I said, Lord, where do you want us to sit here? Uh, he said, I want you, the, the thing was, I want you to take this flight. I was like, okay, take this flight. So it wasn't a seat, it was this flight. Well, on that flight, there were only the economy seats left. So I got that, right? Well, one of the things that happened was I didn't know, but I'd hit enough airline miles and the level, whatever it is, that the on the on the way home got upgraded. So Nicole and I were sitting in first. I didn't even pay for it. Whoop, whoop. Then you know the Lord will save you money and and bless us. But this is the thing: you get to the place where you just listen. O- obedience and the blessing is in listening. Yeah. And making yourself available to yeah. listen. You yeah. Know? Well, the verse that ke- that keeps coming to me, we actually talked about it last night in youth, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yeah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge Him. What yeah. does that look like? I, Lord, Amen. What, what do you want me Amen. to do? I'm listening. Lord, yeah. Lord, what, in how what do, many ways? Yeah. yeah, all your ways. Yeah. Yeah, and He'll make your path straight. Not up and down, not miserable, or but straight. And But it all comes down to, do I trust that my God knows what's best for me? Correct. Or do I think that I know what's best for me, relying yes. on my own understandings? Yeah. Well, I think it would be best for my budget if I flied in the main cabin, you know? Yes. Uh, but, but actually what's best for your budget is to do what God told you to do anyway. Correct. You know? like, and, um, and, and all these different scriptures and all these different things were like coming up to me, but like in um, going back to Haggai uh, chapter 1, the verse yeah. right before that, um, God is recounting what the people are saying um, and he, he said basically that they're saying it's not time yet for us to build the Lord's house. That's what they were saying yeah. because they were probably thinking, well, I got to get my stuff in order. Correct. I got to get yeah. my house in order. And then it'll be time for us to start working on the house. Let, let's, let's focus on, on like, well, I know we need to tithe, but, you know, let yeah. me get to a place where I can afford to tithe first. And then I'll, and then I'll start, you know, paying more attention to, yes. to the Lord's stuff, you know. What is all of that? That's all relying on my own understanding, right? Yeah. Well, I know that God, I know that you're like sharing scriptures on how God wants us to, to be healthy or to, for us to be prosperous. But I know a, a woman who is a faithful Christian for her whole life and she never had, a, you know, like that's all yeah. understanding. None of that is. That's experiential yeah. doctrine. That's yeah. not word doctrine. That's mm-hmm. experiential doctrine where yeah. you can have other variables in play that yeah. you don't know anything about. Yeah. You know, that's this is a this is where you have no variables in play yeah. but the leading of God. Mm-hmm. That's why you only have doctrine based off of the word. Yeah. Experiential doctrine, yeah, that lady could could be well, she was the most godly. Yeah, but you didn't know her behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. You know? I I know somebody there, you know, basically they uh 
you know, their whole life, they were lived pretty clean, put on, you know, put on this, and I think that they were a good person. I think they were a decent person. But when they got older and their minds started slipping, they started cussing like a sailor. It was a lady. Started cussing like a sailor. And it's like, they're like, she never did that. I'm like, yeah, no, she did. She just didn't let people hear it. Yeah. It was who she was behind closed doors. That was there the whole time. That's just coming out of her heart, right? Yeah. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. She just reined it in while her brain could do it. And once her brain you know, was misfiring, it came out because that's, yeah. that's what was there. Yeah. And it was the fruit, you see. And uh, so one of the things that you see is, and, and you know, do I fault her for that? Am I holding that against her? No, it's just like it's something she had to get over. I've got to get over different things, you know. It's like that's something she had to get over, and she didn't quite get there, you know. Yeah. Okay, does that make her horrible? No, it just makes her a human that didn't get getting put all the flesh down, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a whole bunch of them, you know, yeah. <laughs> that didn't put all the flesh down. But it's... This is just one that was seen. But what I'm saying is you can have variables in play where somebody, they think they're in faith, but they're actually in false humility. They're in pride. They don't know what God's saying. And this is where we need to see what's available to us. One, uh, one of the things that I think is like looking at this. How many, of us, how many of us think like this? Man, things are going well. I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? <laughs> like I'm just waiting. Something's about to mess up. Right? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Okay. I'm not saying that the devil the devil is going to try and attack. We know that. Yeah. That's also truth. Yeah. He's going to try and attack. But we know that no weapon formed is supposed to prosper. So we can put faith on that he's going to try and attack, but we can also put faith on it ain't going to work. Yeah. You, you see what I mean? But look at this. In you know, Proverbs 10, 22, it is the blessing yeah. of the Lord that makes rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. Yeah. There's no there's nothing to be sorry about. There's nothing to be worried about. There's nothing to be concerned about. No, he just wants to bless. Yeah. No negative, no going backwards. Just bless, just forward. Just this is the promise of God. And if yeah. we don't see it, then we're constantly gonna be like, Yeah, we're blessed right now, but but nothing. Yeah. But it's going to stay that way, right? That's how we should be thinking just based off of that scripture. We're blessed and it's going to keep increasing. We're blessed and there'll be no sorrow to it. Yeah. And see, we've got, we've got to know what God wants to do yeah. and give to us so we can put faith and get there and be the light that God's called us to be as it is because we don't know. Think about this. If you had like a, a not, not necessarily... We'll use new technology instead of the old, you know, candle under a bushel. But imagine with a lamp, right? You know, imagine that you had a lamp and on it, it was off and then you could turn the dial, right? And you turn the dial or let's say you could move the knob up and and slide it and the higher it went, the brighter it got, right? And let's say that, you know, turned on was you had a job and you could just barely see the light. Uh, You had a decent job. And you you almost paid your bills was a little bit more like medium light, and then full light was you had full light was you had a, a job and you had a little bit of extra spending money you were taken care of you were paying your bills and able to give a little bit full light all the way up was full light. Well, then what if one day, you know, God's like you're reading this and God says I don't want you to just have a little bit extra, I want you to have an abundance. And you're like, but, light, but Lord, 
my light only goes up to having just a little bit more. But because he shows you what's available and you get revelation of what's available, you go back and look at the lamp. Like, and, and God says this. He says, listen, you're some design to shine bright. Now arise and shine. You're like, but Lord, I can only go up to having just a little bit more. But then by hearing and getting that revelation, what happens is you're like, well, hold on. Let's look at the lamp again. And you go back and you look at the lamp and you notice, oh, there's something extra on there. There's a block. There's a throttle there. Somebody put a piece of black electrical tape there and covered up the rest of the slide. And all of a sudden, and that's the devil, and and our theology and our doctrine and a cursed world teaching us a wrong doctrine. And all of a sudden, you pull that tape off, and there's another 10 times of a slide. You were operating at one-tenth. And God's like, and you go whoop like that because you get revelation. Now you put faith on and the light shines 10 times brighter and you have abundance to go do all of these things. We've got to, this is what this broadcast is for. Realize the devil has put tape over the brightness of your light so that you wouldn't raise it all the way up. God wants you to have so much in abundance to the full till it overflows. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in in heavenly places in Ephesians 1.3. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Now, just think about this, the second Peter chapter one and verse three, he has already granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness, right? And, and let's, before we jump into that, go back to third John one, two, beloved, you who I love above everything, I wish that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Even as your soul even as your soul realizes there's been a throttle on this and lifts the tape, as you realize, oh, this is what this is supposed to do, and this is where I'm supposed to be, not here, and I know what to do with it. It's an abundance for every good and godly work. It's an abundance for those things. All of a sudden, we peel off the deceptive tape of the devil throw that thing up to its full power, and it never runs out of batteries because it's empowered by God. And then, But think about this. He says this, that you've already been granted everything pertaining to life and what? Godliness. Godliness. Okay, what level are we talking about when you define something as godly? God's level. Okay, let that hit. We're not talking about world level. We're not talking about my level, your level, your level, your level. We're not talking about our level that we've seen. We're not talking about our level that we even grasp or understand. Whose level are we talking about? God's. When he says, I've already granted to you everything pertaining to life, that's here on the earth, and godliness, that's the supernatural. Life are the things you can see, and the godly is everything you can't see that'll bring the things that you can see. You change the root, you change the fruit. So you get a revelation. Think about this. What is God's level of finances? Big. Yeah, it's undefinable. (laughs) Yeah. Then why are we defining it? 
Why are we trying to put a number cap on it? Yeah. And see, when we start to get this, he's all think it, he's already granted to us everything that we need to be have life to the full till it overflows and to walk on God's level. He's already granted it to us. And the next verse says, he's made you partners or partakers of his divinity, of his divine nature in verse 4. His divine nature is not in lack. It's, hey, come into being now. Release these finances that cause this this, uh, campaign to be done. Release these finances to buy that building. Release this, release this blessing. This is a God level. Right? In other words, now, again, we don't just go around commanding things without hearing the word of God. Jesus never said anything but what he heard the Father say. So we don't just go around doing that stuff, but we have to understand that when God says, call that building into being, it's not below us. It's not below us. When he says, call that vehicle into being, there's an anointing on that. Call that vehicle into being. If you have a promise of a new vehicle, call it into being now. Right? If God's spoken to you to call that into being, call. when you call that vehicle into being, it's not below your level in God. Yeah. That's not something that's way out there. When you call that debt to be canceled, that's not below, that's not uh, above your level. You are not below that. You are at that level and higher. That debt, I don't care if it's a hundred grand, two hundred grand, a million dollars, ten million dollars worth of debt, you are operating on a God level through Christ, yeah. and you have a right to not be in debt according to the promise and the blessing of God in Deuteronomy uh, 28. You have a promise. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be the lender and not the borrower. Yeah. You have already have a word on that. And that word to call that debt canceled is not above you. You're above it. And when that revelation hits you, all of a sudden you pray at a different place. You start operating. Can you see? Now watch this. If you've got a whole church, 100 people, and all of them are in debt, how much money of abundance every month is not going to the kingdom? At least all that debt money That's money that could go to the kingdom and take half of it, right? Think about what if a church, every bit of debt that they're paying, if you took half of that debt, if God paid off their debt and then you took half of that debt and gave it to the church, right? If you did that, what would the church's finances look like? (laughs) Are you kidding me? Right? It would be crazy. See, this is the type of abundance we need to be walking in. But then what if you took the other part of that debt money that you're paying and you started investing it and you started building companies and building investments and and portfolios and all that that could feed you, right? It could free up your time. That abundance could free up your time. It could free up your money. You could do other things. And now what could we be about? Everything about the kingdom. And you have a nice life too. See, this is, not, this is not above us. This is below us because he's already granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Yeah. Amen? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see that? Hallelujah. <laughs> Sorry, I want to say, like, say something, but I'm just going to. Yeah. It's just, that's good. You see the revelation yeah. of it, right? Mm-hmm. 
You see this place where God wants us to be, and it's time for his church to get there. Yeah. And then you have people that are they're saying, well, God doesn't want you to prosper. Have you lost your mind? Have you read the Bible? Like, it, that's what it's all about. Yeah. That's what it's all about is blessing you. It's not just prosperity in your finances in only. It's prosperity across the board. In joy, peace, glory, anointing, holiness, it's you're prospering there. All health is is prosperity of your flesh, right? Prosperity of your health. God, it's like you don't know God. You don't know who He is. You don't know Him as a loving Father that wants to bless you. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like this. If I'm if I'm a multimillionaire, do you think I fret over the dollar spent for Legos? Do you think I would fret over the dollar spent for sushi or steak? Not at all. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Like, I want to give to him anyway. It's more blessed to give than receive. That doesn't bother me. God's worth all of the value of the whole universe and then more. Yeah. And what, what is he fretting over to try and get you something? Because you ask big. It's one of my, I bring it up all the time. It's like when Creflo was believing for that $65 million uh, airplane. It's like what bothered me the most about that was, was the preachers and the believers that didn't know God was big enough to handle that like it was nothing. They, that we hit the choke point of believers at $65 million. Like $65 million was where God's, well, I don't know. You know, 64 million would have been okay, but 65 million, <laughs> I don't know that God can do that. That's, that's evidence of people having a worldly Correct. mindset. They, completely logical. They, they view yeah. finances as limited and as finite rather than Correct. viewing God as infinite. Because what they'll, what they'll say is, oh, that's $65 million that, that you're not giving to somebody else. Correct. You know, which is the mindset that Judas had, you know. Mind yes. you, and he's the one who was stealing from the treasury when you know when she broke and he's like, and he was like this could have been sold to the poor and you know Jesus didn't really handle that mindset well you know he didn't yeah. he didn't follow through that with that mindset but but like that mindset of if a believer has a lot that means there's somebody else that doesn't have that's not God's no. that that that's a finite that li- that resources are finite that's a worldly perspective but God's system no is no faith no faith yeah, in that thinking yeah, yeah. And, and God's system is. If I if I give to someone else and make someone else go, he'll give back. You know, yeah. if you sow abundantly, you'll reap abundantly. Yeah. So God's system is basically causes everyone to go up because that's who He is. He's not yeah. He's not limited in resources. That if He gives to one, then He's not giving to another. No, His resources are if if you bless, I'll bless. Yeah. If you if you humble yourself, I'll exalt you, and it just keeps going up. Well, it's kind of like this. The the you're exactly right in thinking that the resources are, are finite in, in God when they believe that. So, that, all right, he gets $65 million for a plane, but this guy doesn't have enough food. Well, all that guy's got to do is put faith in God, and he'll come up too. Yeah. Because God's not limited. Yeah. All he's got to do is put faith in God. The problem is not the $65 million. The problem is no faith in this guy. Yeah. Like, you see what I'm saying? It's like, this is the issue here. Why are you pointing at the guy that's blessed? See, that's what the devil does. He calls what's, what's right wrong and what's wrong right. Yeah. You know, and and uh, you'll notice this, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up Judas' mindset. 
you'll, you'll notice this. Almost every person that has this wrong will say, well, you could have sold this and given it to the poor. And, and I remember the first time I ever heard this. It's like people read the Bible, they read who say that, and then completely blank on it because they don't realize that their heart is corrupt in that thinking, yeah. which goes back to Ch- Luke chapter 11, where it says, if you don't get you know, right thinking on this little thing called money, then I'll ne- you'll never be able to move into the true riches of the kingdom. Yeah. So you can see why the anointing level has dropped off in ministries. You can see why the glory has dropped off. You can see why, because those are the true riches, and they don't have their mindset right about the small things, the yeah. finances. But you'll see this. They forget who said that. But I remember Keith Moore one time, uh, I think it was in that Prosperity Basics, he said, when you start thinking that way, you need to pay attention who you're in league with. He said, you know who said that? Judas. And he was a thief with his hand in the bag, yeah. right? And then you know, and But you'll hear people claiming to be religious that'll say those things and don't realize the spirit that was attached, the thievery spirit that was attached to that. And then you know, the other side of that is, if, okay, if you actually believe that, you need to go sell your house and sell your car, and you give it to the poor, or else you shouldn't utter one word of accusation until you've cleaned yourself up. So if you're wanting to try and hold somebody accountable in that way, you also need to be accountable. Let's play this out to the end now. And so, but people, they're not challenged on those things and just allowed to say it, and people don't know their word. They don't know their Bible. They don't know God. They don't know that we have access to these things. That's why it's such an important revelation of what God wants to get to. And, of course, we're, we're basically showing all of this with finances, but this is not limited to finances. So if, if this multi-million, multi-billion in dollar income, annual income, can be had by believers, right, if that's out there, what can we have in the glory? What can we have in the anointing? What can we operate in levels of peace? Like, now now think about that. What if you're a multi-billionaire in peace, so to speak? Yeah. What if you're a multi-billionaire in the anointing? Can you see how in our churches we've not even begun to scratch the surface? There's so much more that God wants us to operate in. What if, you know, what if we were so full and overflowing with the joy of the Lord, right? What would that look like? If we were so full to overflowing in the anointing, what would that look like, right? Literally, people drive onto the, into the parking lot to do a U-turn and get healed, <laughs> and their arm gets fixed, you know? Their leg grows out. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Now, I, I can't tell you that we've been there 100%, but we see it, and we're putting faith on it, and we're moving towards it now. Yeah. Right? And that needs to be not just the heart of Pastor Brian. That needs to be the heart of every believer, yeah. much more when they decide to actually submit and come to a service. All of a sudden, pop, 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 ears start opening, eyes start seeing, health problems start going on. This is the fullness yeah. Of the glory. This is the fullness that Jesus wants us to operate in. Do we know, again, what does God want me to have? The title of today's message. What does he want us to have? You tell me. Put it in the comments right now. Drop it in the comments, whether you're live or in the archive. What does God want us to have? 
Where, and it basically boils down to Ephesians 3.20. Beyond all you can ask or think. Read that if you would, Ephesians 3.20 and, and uh, not the New Living. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, not in the New Living. <laughs> and the a New American Standard. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be the glory in the church yeah. <laughs> well just listen to that he said like the same know, thing three times to but him the, was, each one they're yeah. multiplied yeah you know yeah. that's that's a math equation right there yeah to, to do far more far like not just more far more far more mm-hmm. Abundantly, far more abundantly, beyond, beyond all, all <laughs> we can ask. You can think. ask or think. Yeah, that's like exponential to the fourth. Yeah, like it's not just exponential; it's yeah. exponential, exponential. Yeah, like, and then we, and then we worry about paying bills, mm-hmm. and we worry about getting out of debt, mm-hmm. and we worry about this stuff. See how not. Humble that is. Do you want me to read it in the amplified? Please, by all means, (laughs) amplify that. Yeah, if it's not amplified (laughs) enough, listen. Now to him who, by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly. I've never heard that word before. This is the amplified classic too. Super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. And when we get to the place that we actually can imagine something, yeah, that verse will still be alive, mm-hmm. and, and it'll be far more abundantly beyond what we can ask or think or imagine then. Mm-hmm. So even when we get to the place... Like, I remember I had a hard time when I was younger thinking of a million-dollar income. I don't really have a hard time with that anymore. Like, I don't have a hard time. Matter of fact, I'm really stepping over into, and you're hearing it come out in my speech, billion-dollar. I'm talking about we're going to have billionaires that are attached to the ministry. Multiple ones, right? Not just one. Multiple billionaires that are attached to this ministry if Jesus uh, tarries. So, and I'm seeing that. But think about that. Even when I get to the area of thinking about billionaires, that verse is still active right now. Mm-hmm. So now it's far more abundantly you know, beyond, super abundantly, yeah. super abundantly yeah. you know, all the, all the different adjectives, yeah. beyond all that we can ask or think. Yeah. Far more beyond the billionaire status. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like every time you get there, God's like, I got more. I got yeah. more. Yeah. There's more. But wait, there's more. You know, yeah. it's like it's like on the game show where they open up the one window, the mm-hmm. one curtain, and then they oh, but that's not all. We also have this curtain. Open up that mm-hmm. curtain, Janet. And then they say, open up this curtain and open up that curtain. And and God's like, it just doesn't stop. Yeah. Every time you think you've got more, there's more. So we're talking about, you know, fleshly, physical, tangible stuff, but it's not just that. Mm-hmm. It's the spiritual thing. It's the anointing, it's the peace, it's the grace. And then then when you start to get a reality of this, you just start to wonder, like, why were we worried? 
Why have I been worried? And yeah. that's a great question. God's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I've been telling you this for how many thousands of years now? I've been yeah. trying to get this through you. Why yeah. are you worried? And that's where he can make statements like, cast all your cares. Be anxious for nothing, right? Yeah. Be an- which, how is that possible to be anxious for nothing? And see, when people start getting in anxiety and getting anxious over things and getting in fear over things, you start to realize they don't have revelation of who God really is yeah. and what he wants us to have. They don't have a revelation of, and that's the problem, you know? And so, you know, not too long ago, I was talking to a minister and they're like, you know, I know this faith stuff and, you know, but that's one thing for it to work in America, but, you know, tell that to the third world com- country. I'm like, yeah, let's talk about the third world country, like Nigeria, you know, where they, they're building 100,000 uh seat auditorium right now at Bishop David's with Nigerian money. It's not, it's not, you can't just funnel tons of American dollars in there outside of the government stuff. Like you can't do that in the private sector in the same way. Like it can't happen like that. They did that with Nigerian third world country. Let's talk about the million seat covered place that, that Pastor Adeboye has right in Nigeria. Like, don't tell me it doesn't work in third world country. It, because for you to tell me it doesn't work in third world country, it means it didn't work in a famine in Genesis 26 either. Because logically, that can't happen. Like, it's, see what I'm saying? We yeah. don't, we haven't known him. Yeah. But when we get to know him, all of these things start changing. Yeah. Right? And there's, <laughs> I'm glad Abby called that Janet. <laughs> So we, we start to see that this comes down to we've been reasoning in our corrupted world logic, but then you know, when you see who God really is, it allows him to say, perfect love, when you're in me, That's it so cast out all fear, all of it. There's nothing to fear because he's, he has exceeding abundance above all we can ask or think available to us. And it's not sometime in the future eternity. It's eternal life now. And he, had that, he made that available the second Jesus said it is finished. It was made available to all mankind. And whoever, whatever man would take hold of it with his faith, they could step into that kingdom. So, Father, right now, I just ask you, Lord, open our eyes. Lord, I pray just Ephesians prayers. Open our eyes of understanding. Open, our, open the eyes of our heart that we can see what is your inheritance in the saints. Lord, what is our inheritance in you? You have disclosed so much. You have given so much. Everything the Father has is yours, Jesus, and you made that all available to us, tangible and intangible, spiritual and physical. You made it available. It's not above us. It's below us. Father, in the name of Jesus, let our eyes be open to see our true inheritance in you. Let our, let our eyes be open to see that true inheritance and to walk in it. And we thank you for it and we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, let us see it. Let us grab hold of it with our faith and let us move into that super abundance that you have for us, operating ready to operate with at all times. Lord, let it flow now. I'm calling on every believer that's here in this message, stop being held back and limited. Pull the throttle off of the light and the glory that God's given you and turn up the temperature. Turn up the brightness. Arise, 
shine is how God said it. Arise, shine into your inheritance and revelation of what he wants us to have. Lord, let us not be held back by what it looks like, but let us be, let us be amplified by what you're, you have done by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we praise you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Glory to God. I pray that that revelation comes on everybody that's hearing this, everybody that's seeing this. Lord, let revelation change the dynamic of their church. Let revelation change the dynamic of their finances. Let them come out of debt. Lord, let them be healed and whole. Let them walk in the fullness of your glory and your anointing. Lord, let them see higher than ever before. And when they get there, let them see higher again and again and again until eternity, Lord. Let them walk like they're created in your image and likeness, just a, just a little lower than God, on the same God level, in the same God class. Not God, but made like him and to operate by him and through him. Lord, let them see that you've made them partners and partakers of your divinity, that you've already granted everything to life to the full and it overflows, and to godliness, to walk like God. Lord, let them see who they are in you. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. We give you the glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Did y'all get something out of that today? Did it raise your thinking? Did it raise your revelation? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And listen, if you would like to sow today, I'll tell you, this is a good day to sow into. (laughs) This is a good day to sow into because if you want to walk in that revelation, when you sow into a good word, you receive that good word. And so if you'd like to sow today, you can go to giveww.org and uh, you can sow you can sow towards what we're doing you can sow towards uh what we're giving away at christmas if you'd like to help support that you're welcome to uh you can sow towards so many things uh but if you want to sow you're welcome to do that cash app venmo text to give paypal cryptocurrency nfts all of that's available there give one time or give on a regular basis and uh father we just want to bless it lord we receive every penny and we put it towards the kingdom. Let it advance your kingdom to the fullness. Father, we thank you for it. We give you the glory, and we praise you. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, let it be blessed. Let it be returned to them, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, let it be supernaturally multiplied and supernaturally quickly in the name of Jesus. Testimonies before the end of the year. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Diana said, thank you, Father, for all. Amen. Glory to God. We just praise you, Father. Amen. Hannah said, needed this. 
Glory, I think we all needed this, Hannah. I think all of us need it. I think we need that refresher on a regular basis to stop thinking small and see and think big like God's given it to us. So, amen. Anything else before we leave today? No, no, that was really good. It was really stretching, the anointing. <laughs> the anointing was kind of like putting, the Holy Spirit's kind of putting his finger on different things. So yeah. it was really good. Amen. Glory to God. Anything else? Got to think bigger. Yeah, yeah. Trust him with all our heart, yeah. not our head. We got to just purpose to do that all the time because God's so big. We've got to just make it our normal practice yeah. to think bigger. Uh, put that in the comments as the last thing. You know, just say, we need, on a regular basis, we need to purpose ourselves to think bigger, right? As normal practice, we need to think bigger uh, because God's bigger. And God's bigger than what we've realized. God's bigger than what we've gotten revelation on. He's even bigger than that. And uh, we need to do that all the time. So we'll see you tomorrow. It's going to be great.